Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Today, we have with us our guest, uh, J.W. Oliver. J.W., say hello. Hey, how are you doing? Good morning. Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I know you work all over the country, but you're coming from Dallas, which is actually colder than it is here in Denver. Um, I know we were chatting about that a That's little bit. That's correct. Yeah, JW, for those of you, um, for some of our audience who uh, isn't familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, so I've been in the dental industry since 1986. Uh, started in just traditional equipment business, or actually supply business, equipment business, uh, have done that and continue to do that, and now into the dental imaging. And then uh, we, we developed and came into the support DDS, which is a, we call it insourcing rather than outsourcing. You know, outsourcing kind of indicates that you're doing something outside the dental office. And this really becomes, a these people become part of your team and what they do. And, and we fell into the support DDS and, and become a, a company that's uh, helping and aiding dentists and, and small DSOs and even large DSOs to uh, elevate their team and grow their business. Yeah, so I know a big part of what you do over at Support DDS is uh, help dentists solve problems. What are some of the problems and challenges that you're, you're hearing from a lot of dentists nowadays? Yeah, you know, uh, it, it was years ago that I remember uh, one of the dental consultants I know in the industry said that uh, uh, somebody asked him one time, what's the most important patient? Is it the one you're talking to on the phone or is it the one that's standing in front of you that's checking in? And he said both. And we found that a lot of the tasks that are being done in a dental office are being done by the front desk person, or maybe somebody's in scheduling, and really they need to be the customer facing. And what they were spending time on primarily were things like insurance verification, insurance follow-up and collections. And, and these things take time. These are still somewhat manual processes where they had to physically call and speak to the uh, dental insurance company. And, and literally, one call can take anywhere between 25 and 40 minutes. So you sure. can see that they take a lot of time. You spend a lot of time on hold. And, uh, and, and, and those are really low-level uh, work and, and tasks that should be performed by somebody outside of the office. Yeah, so you've got you know, patients coming in the door that need to be greeted. You've got patients calling or hopefully new patients calling, you need to make sure that they're a priority. Um, you've got all these different things going on. And like you said, you're on hold 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes. I've, I've seen hours uh, where practice is on hold. And I know that support DDS um, helps with all this. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. What are some things that, you know, a, a practice can do right away to kind of help them manage that internally? Yeah, I think internally is is figuring out how they can offload that off their front desk. You know, if there are some administrative people that can do it in their office. But when you look at the cost benefit, we've also found that they can do this either on a, and we've got some programs where they can do it even, you know, 20 hours a week instead of full time. But trying to get that off your, you know, they don't want to do it anyway, right? Uh, I always say there's things that we're we're good at that we don't want to do. And then there's things we just don't want to do. And, and both of those probably don't need to be uh, lowering that morale of your, your front office or the people in your office. So looking for ways in which you can uh, offload those or delegate those to people who can perform those tasks and even perform them better as well. 
Yeah, that makes um, a lot of sense to me. When you look at um, outsourcing in general, I know one of the objectives that comes up that I've heard before, um, and it doesn't make sense to me, um, is like, hey, I tried it and it didn't work. Well, I had a bad dental experience one time. It doesn't mean I should ever go to the dentist again, right? So we wouldn't <laughs> right, right. We wouldn't accept that or a dentist wouldn't accept that as a, as a reason. So tell me why is it that some practices have had bad experiences when, when trying to outsource? And that's whether, you know, the people are here or down the street or across the, the ocean. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's a couple of things and, and really they're all relevant. Number one is many times if it's overseas or offshore, there's a language barrier and that is tough. You know, you, you, you don't quite understand them. So yes, they could do the back end support, but you don't want them speaking to your patients, uh, maybe doing front calling. You know, we think we, we've resolved that with the UK speaking uh, English as their first language uh, issue. The, the other is, is just, or the second one is training. Most of the time they get improper training. And so it's no different than you hiring somebody to work in your office. If you just set them at the front desk or set them at an accounting desk and say, hey, you know, good luck. Do your job well and, 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 and make sure you produce for us. And then you start measuring them and realize they're doing a poor job. And the third thing, and maybe the most important, is that we have found people don't integrate remote workers into their culture of their team. So they see it. And, and you're right, whether if it's in Denver and I'm working in Dallas and we're trying to work together or whether you're in, in Africa in our office at our support center there, if you don't bring them into your culture, if you don't include them as a part of your team, then they do seem like they are just a remote worker or an offshore worker. We're, we're real big on the culture. We're real big on to bringing them onto your team, which is why we like to have the same person working for the, uh, the the customer. So you're always dealing with the same person each time. So, you know, the, I think right now that the climate is changing as far as what we believe could and couldn't happen or should and shouldn't happen as far as remote employees are concerned, as far as outsourcing or you know, insourcing um, as you have it. So I'm sure you have a great deal of experience. I know a lot of practices that have employees that have worked in the practice for a while and now a couple of days per week or even more than that I know of one that one employee who handled billing is now just home five days a week what are some tips and and, you know here in my office by the way you know today Mora who's uh, helping produce this is at her home office I'm in our actual physical office a couple other employees are here some are at home what are some things that people can do to connect with someone and, and kind of keep them involved and, and, and make it feel more like they're there to make them feel like they're part of the team when they are working from home? Yeah, you know, we've got a couple of, of, of dental clients uh, that actually have weekly huddles. Some of them have, we have a few that have daily huddles, you know, they have a five minute you know, 8 a.m. daily huddle. They'll talk about the day. Uh, some of our most successful ones are doing a weekly huddle. Uh, I think one of our practices has been with us the longest. I know, and they've had the same person for three and a half years. And what they do is on Wednesday morning, they have a 11 a.m. huddle. And it's kind of cool what they do. So they bring in lunch, right? They bring in lunch. They have 11 a.m. huddle. It lasts an hour. They eat lunch and they talk about the week. So what they do is they actually send her lunch in her office there. So we coordinate where they bring her lunch. So she's eating her lunch. They're having their lunch and they're doing a lunch together. So it's it's little things like that that you can help include them in their in your operations and also having a primary point of contact. Many times it's confusing. You know, if you said, hey, contact Patrick or contact Maura or, hey, contact Dan over here. It's like, 
No, Maura is my contact or Patrick is my contact and I always go to them for my answers. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. Tell us a little bit about why you chose to work um, in the country that you chose to work and why are you doing insourcing uh, specifically uh, in Africa and which specific country? Well, I always, always forget to tell, uh, I'll give it real quick. You know, I, I think people say what, how, and why you do it. And, and why we do it is primarily a ministry. We, we do give 51% of our profits back to ministries around the world. That's something that my partner and I felt like that uh, God brought us together through a very unique situation at a conference. And then we're continuing to work there uh, now. And, and so it was definitely, uh, uh, we, we were laughing about calling things a fluke and of course, we don't, you and I probably don't either one believe in flukes that uh, something brought it together. And so we ended up in Africa because my, my partner is from Africa. I've got a, uh, one, uh, one partner, we're, we're 50-50 in the business. And uh, we, uh, we ended up in Africa by chance that way. But then it was a perfect fit simply because of their education levels. You know, out of the 54 countries in Africa, they rank in the top one or two every year in education and university education. And then the English. If you go onto our website, we got a few little options there. You can click on some some uh, videos and listen to their voice inflections, and you'll see that they sound like you're speaking to somebody in the UK or uh, the Queen's English, as we call it. That's fantastic. That's an awesome uh, story and background. Um, JW, we really appreciate you coming on today. I want to encourage our audience to check out supportdds.com uh, and JW and what he's doing there. JW, anything else for our audience before you go? No, I, we, uh, I always say uh, we've got a solution. We're not for everybody. Some people want to part and parcel this out, but I think we've got a great solution who's somebody who wants to bring a very qualified person onto their team and do ministry at the same time. But Patrick Moore, thank you for, for having me. It's been great to be on here. I love your website. I, I love the, the dental brief. Very, very cool what you put together as well. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, JW. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.